<laughs> All right. Um, so welcome to another episode of the Melanin Kali podcast. I am your host as always, Mr. K. And with me today is another special guest. This episode will be featuring someone I've been friend with, friends with for a good amount of time. Want to introduce yourself? Hey. <laughs> Everyone, that was uh, my good friend, Bree. Um, so today we kind of have a, a very unique topic. Not really so unique, but... I think a topic that um, everyone can be familiar with, um, with regards to uh, people around our age, um, it's going to be a topic about the black experience um, on college campuses, but specifically um, through the uh, through the lens of the educational system and what leads up to you know, how we enter college, how we start, um, all the all the different ways, because I know for me, my experience has been quite different um, from everyone else's, but we, we, I think we, we want to use this as a, as a way to sort of um, explain and talk about what's been, what's going on with uh, the generations of college students coming after us, the younger generations. Um, and I was talking with Bree about this uh, shortly before trying to come up with a way to really um, figure out how to, uh, you know, talk about this and flow the narrative so that it makes sense in a way, um, besides, you know, what some of us already know. And the example that came to our, um, our minds is, um, the current batch of uh, college students within the, um, the last three years uh, beneath us, um, from freshmen to juniors. I'm not really so much worried about the juniors because they kind of have a grasp on where they're going. At least the upcoming juniors. Let me let me um, specify. But the f- incoming freshmen, the freshmen already here who are graduating to become sophomores and the sophomores transitioning to uh, juniors, yeah, they kind of, there's kind of a worry um, for me with regards to uh, especially my campus and uh, their enrichment program for uh, minority students and uh, disenfranchised and less advantageous students uh, that they help bring in through their uh, enrichment program in which, you know, they say succeeding is already a big first step, but the next step is really up to them to continue the process afterwards. And I think as a result of the educational system and their beliefs and mindset, their mindsets that they, they gain from it, I don't think it, 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 it's strengthening their resolve and their realization that they really need to put their best step forward because it can all go downhill and I know that from my personal example um, of (laughs) literally based off of uh, uh, my incoming freshman year until now and I've been on a little bit of a downward spiral but I've seen people um, and I've known certain people get kicked out of college for letting it go way too far but uh, I'll let Bree speak on her experience and her thoughts on uh, the the younger kids uh, for now. Bree? 
I guess, like, from my own personal experience of, like, where I can understand where they're coming from is, like, coming from a high school that doesn't really go in depth of preparing you, especially, like, since, like, certain, like, high schools that are majorly, like, um, marginalized identities, they really, like, only care about the honor students. And that would be, like, a very small portion of the school. Like, it would be enough to fit, like, one AP class. So it's just, like, my middle school and my high school, I was literally with the same people, like, for six years in these same classes. And, like, those are the only students where you would see the principal, like, actually engage with and, like, certain teachers, like, actually care about. But when you go back into, like, the general population of the school, you don't really see much of, like, a push or, like, a need to, like, have them do well so they can also um, achieve greatness and go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and even those people who were in honor classes, is not to necessarily say that they were, like, the most best students, but it was just, like, the better of, like, the what crop. was there. Yeah. And it's, like, not even to say that, like, they weren't smart enough. Mm-hmm. Like, the honor students weren't smart enough or that, like... Um, like the general population wasn't it's just that like we had a school of like majority of the teachers that didn't they, they didn't care um and then it's like when you see like a a lot of people that don't care the students recognize that as well because it's not that the students being lazy it's just that they are able to sense who's like actually there for them um and like i feel like one of the teachers that really impacted me was like in high school for my history class he was like very like well-rounded in like all sense because even though like he was like a white guy um it was like kind of refreshing to be around him because like most of the white teachers at my schools were like republicans and they like low-key would try to like brainwash the students to become republicans Jesus. and they would like completely ignore their identity um because like being black is like a part of it like being like right. um, a part of the latinx community is a part of it of why like we're marginalized and why our schools don't match up to white schools because of like money and such and things like that and it's just like i feel like if you're a teacher and you're and you're in a high school with a demographic that reflects a that city or that town and it's like impoverished um there's certain things that you need to understand um to be effective in that point because the, the, the students can feel it and they're really aware of it and you treating them that like they're stupid or like someone below you they're gonna recognize that and then they're gonna react to that um so i feel like once you have that that energy that you have with the honor students as you perceive to be the smartest ones but if you're putting in effort into them oh <laughs> then you kind of understand why that they don't care and it's just like they're doing like you know they're being quote-unquote rowdy or quote-unquote ratchet and then you see like certain words and characterizations being attached to them of why they don't care about them so then when they do like transfer into like a college type setting um depending on like what programs that they do have and it's like they're not really ready because it's like you didn't prepare them for that um and it's like really sad because it's like literally like You'll go into college, and it's just, like, these kids, they be doing APs, and they had fives on all of them. And then it's just, like, when you compare to your school, where there's only, like, one class um, of AP kids, and they be getting, like, twos and threes, and it's, like, not enough. Um, or, like, some kids don't even get to take APs at all. So, like, kids be coming in with, like, mad college credits, and, like, you barely have any. Right. Um, so it's, like, it's definitely not an even playing ground. So it's just, like, when you transition and then you're there and you're in college and like you're all able to have like the support and the backing of like 
a program it's really nice but still it's like it's still not enough to like undo all that damage that you did right well not not what they did but right. like what their town has done to them and like basically the situation they were on yeah, yeah. so it's just like that's like i feel like that's like one of the main reasons of right. why mm-hmm. um you'll see like people dropping out or people who are doing very poorly when they first come into college which is really sad to see um but like at the same time it's just like remembering that you have support systems that you could go back to because it's just like i know when i was a freshman like i when i was having issues i never that wasn't my first thought to go to like my resources mm-hmm. uh, like like you would think that you have to fend for yourself yeah which is not the truth because it's like there's like mad well no, there's not a lot of support on campus but there is support in the places that were built for you right um they could do a lot better of a job like getting more people of color to be like counselors and stuff because that adds to it too because white america just ignores the black experience in its entirety so it's not something that they really are they don't have the range to speak on that yeah and people detect that so it's just like i'm not going to do that i'm not going to like talk to you because you don't understand me and that's the kind of thing where we have to fight to get our, our, our the help that you know minority students like us need. Um, especially with our programs, they had to fight ever since like the 1980s, beginning the sort of programs that allow us uh, kids like us to go to college, um, with regardless of uh, whatever background that we come from, to at least give us a shot. And on the subject of schools, I kind of had a unique experience when it came to that because you mentioned having um, only a couple of kids that you personally knew all throughout the years that you were going with because you were in AP classes with them at the top level of your grade. I actually came from a school program that was sort of geared towards, I want to say, reversing that sort of mentality. The program that I was a part of um, it was, uh, it began as a sort of a middle school to high school um, program. Now they have kindergarten and elementary school rolling out um, students um, and then pushing them through their middle schools and then eventually all leading up to the main branch high school here in New York City. And with my experience with that, I actually had um, those resources, uh, albeit to like the level two or three that you got. So say you had, six students in your AP classes. I had 20 in my AP classes and there were three um, of those classes per year at the very, at the very most, I want to say. Because with my, um, with my school, it was both publicly and privately funded somehow. At least that's what I like to say. Because the teachers are still um, on public payroll. However, it is, um, a charter school so they get private funding um and so with, with my experience in that i got lucky and got drew in a lottery that's how i entered middle school um going through there and they already had a high school so every one of us from the five main branch uh middle schools just sort of conjoined um, at least the ones that wanted to go, and if you didn't go there, you know, you got lucky and got into a specialized high school. If not, you got into a really okay-ish or good high school, and if you, if you didn't want to go, you went somewhere else. Um, that's how my experience was uh, with my school, and in high school, well, I had a bit of a rocky start uh, freshman year. I was playing soccer, and um, 
I was my head wasn't really in my grades, but after freshman year, you know, having a few C's and a couple of L's here and there, I changed things around. Um, I really focused myself sophomore year. Um, I got like A's and B's in all my classes. Then junior year rolled around and I got into my first AP class. It was terrible, but a learning experience. Senior year, final year, I went and took two AP classes instead. I really, I had to push for it actually because they recommend against taking two or more AP. Two is the minimum, but the friends that I had growing up um, in high school, at least the main people that I talked to, were always the smart ones. Now, because of freshman year, I didn't necessarily think I had that in me. So when sophomore year came around and I decided I wanted to do better, I was already in a place where that was available to me because with my school, um, with my school's program and system, there were a lot of resources that they had, such as teachers who would literally stay after school for us to go to tutoring for help until the school building physically shut down. So it's not like at like four o'clock or 4.30, however we got out, the teachers will still be there and I would go to them afterwards to either finish my homework or you know talk to them about stuff that I was confused about. Sometimes I'd even just go hang out with them. Um, my advisor that you get for four years, um, his name was Mr. Mitchell, really cool guy. Um, I played chess with him. So, and he ended up being my calc teacher by senior year. So by senior year, he already knew how I operated and we already built this like long trusting relationship over like the last four years. I really should do a better job of communicating with him to be honest. I haven't seen him in a long time, but that's besides the point. Um, the the fact of the matter is I had a lot of resources um, available and handed to me. I think there were a total of five AP classes that we could take. I'm pretty sure there's like a whole bunch more now. Um, there was AP Chem, uh, AP English Literature, AP Ma uh, Micro, and I think they have macro now, AP Calculus 1 and 2, you could take one. And then in the meantime, if you were gifted enough, I know a couple of people in the grade above me, um, one of my friends who was on the soccer team and he also played chess with me after school, he was studying for the, um, the AP Calc 2 um, exam. And he did really well on that as well. And he ended up going to UPenn. Honestly, honestly speaking, when it, it's 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 i can describe it in a simpler way it's like having a private school level kind of access almost but in the setting of literally the bronx so you see kids hispanic black um we had a few asian kids in there very minuscule like two three percent um and i think we had uh um, a few white kids within the um, each grade um, or mixed between like white and Hispanic but mm. they were there they were there um, and so like with us <laughs> I gotta admit like honestly I felt it too we hated it it was grueling it was like a lot of hours literally within every uh, 30 minutes to an hour we were either in class or transitioning to class you know it was like a charter school system like our whole day was mapped out for us and I know that's like a lot for every high school but a lot of us really didn't like it that much and from time to time we would have problems with our teachers because some of them were white um, but it's not as if they were overtly racist problems they were very generally they genuinely wanted to help us a lot of us connected with them 
um, and they really cared about our, our education. That's why they were there. Like these people were really fierce in their determination for us because our school system and program pushed the message of having a good quality college education and reaching that level. But I feel like that's where it kind of stopped because it was so overbearing. It's like your mother and your parents telling you, you have to go to college, you have to go to college without explaining what next to do afterwards, after you get in. Now granted, they have an alumni program um, and after college program, which they're still helping us now with low-key some money, um, with some resources, with counselors to try and you know tell us like what we can do, what we should be doing and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of us, yeah, we just, some of us don't use it because we we didn't really like our ex, uh, our experience all that well in the in the school because they pushed us and not only did they push us but at certain times I know a lot of my grade sort of rebelled um, against the teachers almost you know for being too overbearing um, and always. Uh, and, you know, the problems that the students had at home, you know, coming from, like, those households, kind of translating, you know, if our attitudes, like, what you're talking about, you know, they just see us as, like, um, ghetto, and, like, they put all these characteristics to us, but unfortunately, they, some of the students, they'd act that way, you know, they were disrespectful sometimes. Now, um, I'm not gonna say I was the perfect student, but, you know, to a certain extent, with my upbringing, I realized the value in education, or rather, I could say it was beaten into me. Um, into my mindset of having a really good quality education and the program that I had definitely helped with that um, but it's more of you know not even just having that the ability and the chance and the opportunity to have that program but you know really realizing that this is kind of necessary in the long run I think that's where I think that's where like a lot of us sort of you know fell off but at the same time also there were a couple there were a lot of things that they could have done um better i would say um with regards to that but from what i'm hearing from the current crop of students that are coming through they're not that bad you know there are a lot more higher scores uh being handed out in the high school nowadays than what we were because with me, I was in the class, um, I was with the top 20s uh, students or 30 students that were in those AP classes and stuff like that. And I was friends with most of them. So that was kind of like my group. Um, so yeah, honestly, I, I think there were there were a lot of different things that, um, you know, they, um, they can help with more now, especially with uh, outreach and finding people who could, um, who could really understand and hear them well. Because we do have a lot of black counselors on deck and um, a lot of Hispanic counselors, but it's still just a matter of you know they come they come to school with like the issues that they are facing within their communities or their households. That's also another factor I think, um, and what really transforms and like shapes their experience. At least within with, with my experience in my program, it was very much different because we were we were all groomed to go to college essentially yeah i don't really know i guess i don't know wait wait besides the obvious lack of like you know funding for the teachers and whatnot you think there are any other sort of ways that uh we can really 
get the ball rolling so far and like really try and set the stage for them to really like get it into their heads that they need to be doing something different besides what they're doing now. I feel like uh, another like important thing, what you kind of touched on was like, um, like even like the idea of like just being like naturally smart. And it's like, that's not even like really true. Cause yeah. it's like you build up on it mm-hmm. and like you can learn whatever you want to, like as long as you have those like, that foundation of wanting to learn because if you just like put your mind to it as well as like reaching out to your resources that you have available to you it's like it's really attainable to like get a's um i feel like a lot of them don't really understand that and they don't put enough like work and effort into actually doing it and it's just like like for example like it's like like, think that you're in a math class right yeah you go to class you do your normal amount of notes you go home you don't really do as much homework you don't study you go take a test and you get like a 70. So like now you see the 70 and you're just like, this hurts a lot. I don't want to look at it. Yeah. It makes me feel dumb. It makes me feel disappointed in myself. I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to push it aside. I don't even want to look. I've been there. At this math test. I don't want to see what I did wrong. I don't want to look at the material because it triggers me. Mm. And that reminds me of that 70 that I got. But like instead of like using it that of a negative way, you can use it in a positive sense of saying like, yo, I have this 70, but like I could do better next time. Right. And then that do better, um, I feel like a lot of them like miss out on that because they don't want to think about it because mm-hmm. it hurts. Yeah. Especially like if you are like coming from a high school where you did mostly decent, um, it's like you don't really have to put that much effort in. Mm-hmm. And then you come to college and it's just like you put in that same amount of effort and you get 70s and you think you're dumb. And it's not that you're dumb, it's just that you're able to skate by in high school with it, but now that you're at a college level, you need to put in a lot more effort. So it's just like when they're saying that like, oh, if you're taking a four credit class, you have to be having like seven to eight hours of work on top of that outside of that class. Right. Like you really have to sit down and go out your way to you do your homework, study, go to office hours if you don't understand anything, get your own private tutor, like certain things like that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't put that effort in um, and they, they get lost into the cracks, um, especially like, I feel like coming out of a program where it's just so structured, which I feel like what you were talking about, like how your high school experience was very, very structured, very overbearing, but it's just like once you don't have it, it's like that structure falls through. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people like falling like, oh, I have all this free time, but like you don't really. <laughs> and that you can use that time and utilize it to your advantage, but a lot of people fall short on that avenue as well. So it's just like when they see these like little grades, they just automatically think that they're dumb. Um, And it's just that they aren't studying enough. And it's just like, as well as studying, it has to be effective studying. Right. Because you can sit down for hours and be doing a whole bunch of stuff for your class and still get a 70 because you're not studying right. So it's just like going out of your way to understand how you learn, how you like to learn, and like what actually works for you and what actually like grabs and sticks. Um, and also like making that time and dedicating that time to studying because it's just like studying two days before the test, even if you get through all that material, you're not going to remember anything. That's not, that's (laughs) not the thing to do. Like if you take like bit by bit, like I know like for me personally, I hate reading for hours, like especially if it's like very dense material. So when I was like doing my hard sciences, I was not going to sit down there for like five hours. Reading, <laughs> reading the textbook. So I would dedicate time each day. I would, I would de- dedicate like thirty minutes, like take a fifteen minute break, go back, 
because like if you're sitting there and you're you're climbing it like think of like um like a, like some type of like chart and it's like the amount of time that you're reading and then like the information that you obtain like that is gonna go like on a downward slope because you're not gonna be paying attention and then another thing that people also forget is that you also have to take care of yourself so if you're sitting down there cramming for like seven hours you haven't sleep you haven't peed you haven't eaten like what are you really gonna remember right what are you really gonna remember you're just gonna remember you were feeling all that and that you didn't want to do it in the first place right so it's just like there's just like so many different things that like play into like that transitional period um of like finding yourself and then also like not having like people like on you like all the time Mm. because you have to learn how to self-discipline and it's easier to start out in the beginning of the year when it's not that rough because when you're mid-semester and everything is coming down on you and it's just like i could have taken aside like a couple hours of my day beforehand so it wouldn't have to build up and get this bad right so it's just like dedicating a certain amount of time to do certain things divvy it up schedule yourself and you can also schedule fun times too because you're not supposed to just be studying all the time right but like at the same time you shouldn't be like you know, goofing off, like all, like going to party every weekend, every single weekend, yeah. smoking every single day, mm-hmm. drinking, hanging out with your friends, for twenty five eight. Like, you're you're here for a degree, yes. You're here for fun as well, but at the same time, you have to remember that like, your work comes first. Right. So you're gonna have to like sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, and go out your way to make sure that like you're good and you're that you're straight in your books um because it's just it's hard to come back from and it's like it's like it hurts like when you do bad so it's just like when you see these freshmen and they're struggling because it's like that's one thing that i i do do it's one of my job i'm an academic counselor um like in regards to like helping them like making sure like how do they how do they schedule themselves mm-hmm. what do they do in their class like how do you study like what do you do um, and it's just like really like raw and really like you're just being very honest of what you do and it's just right. like finding those reasons of why you're falling through the cracks um, yeah I don't know I don't know how you fix that because it's like really just like calling yourself out on your own bullshit mm. and then sticking to your grind yeah I feel like honestly having your own goals and just setting like your your plan and your path forward I think that also it's like what you envision i don't think they they have what they envision yet which is fair because they're coming into college you know and they may not necessarily have that same mental um reaffirmation that they 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 get from either like that uh, like uh, let me say a strong mental reaffirmation that they get from their parents that this is what you're supposed to be doing you know like you were saying holding yourself accountable and having people on you about that sort of stuff i know for me uh freshman year besides what was going on with me personally and my relationships uh there was definitely i didn't know how to study i came from a place where i had a i, I came from high school graduated top 22nd in my grade with a 3.3 GPA or something like that and I was I was I was (laughs) I was floored when uh my first semester grades came in and uh all the work that I put in the summer before that good 3.0 GPA to start off the college year right you know I thought this was gonna be it I'd be good but I came in I didn't know how to study I was just like 
chilling, coasting through, sometimes not even doing stuff, um, just really doing my own thing, and it's not like I was goofing off, goofing off, you know, but I just didn't know what it really meant and how to really do things, um, and honestly for us, we didn't have academic advisors, we had like our tutors and our counselors, at least I definitely did not go to academic advisors, if they were there around that time, um, so it's just, it was just, it was, it was really about not knowing, you know, what you needed to know at the time, and all the other stuff that was going on, like, I wish I had spoken up uh, a lot more, because then I probably would have gone through a lot more things and came out much better than I, um, than I did, but, um, that's another thing though, like, people are afraid to be vulnerable, especially, like, people with our background, yeah, because you're just so used to having that wall up, um, so, like, to, like, sit down and be like, hey, I'm having issues, like, I don't know how to do this, mm-hmm. and I need help, like, even that could be a lot for some people, and that's, like, why they shy away, because then it's, like, something that you have to face, like, once you say it, yeah. I know for me like I just I pretend to be I pretend like everything is fine you know and like I definitely like I'll go into like to see my counselor and then I'll just be like okay this that and there is going on but I won't ask and say that you know something's wrong because I feel like it's a reflection of failure upon myself for one not knowing it and for another thing letting it happen which is stupid because this i've been reflecting on this um and it happened once again and it's kind of dumb to say because you really didn't know at the time but you still you still didn't say anything you still kind of blame yourself for what happened and you know that pride and like you know that stubbornness and that 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 like ability to like just let yourself get the help that you know you deserve because you don't know everything and you have people who know the stuff that you're going through because they're there for that you know so i think definitely um if we had if i had those experience um those resources a lot of things might have come out different um uh yeah so with regards to uh, the education system and you know our upbringings, I feel like it's hard for people to ask for help, especially keeping people coming from minority backgrounds where we're used to being so proud and not really talking about anything and not really asking for help because it's seen as a weakness. However, you can't learn to do something better if you're not willing to admit that weakness. If you're not willing to admit the weakness so you can become a stronger person so that you can learn to achieve and do things successfully. And with that, I want to say that regardless of whatever education system that you came from, as long as you made the best out of it, and honestly, even if with whatever you got, wherever you end up, um you have resources and you have the ability to come out better for it because you're given a chance to really gain more freedom even if you didn't have the resources that i did of like you know my teacher staying after school and like extra counselors and like people hammering me consistently getting constant grade reports every single quarter and semester um and in high school to see how i did and like people caring there will be people who care there will be people who care in the future 
where you will end up. And if you have those opportunities on campus, great. If you don't, there are definitely resources available to you outside. There are a lot of organizations um, such as the NAACP that are geared towards helping minority students, especially with their college experiences through like um, scholarships and a lot of other different uh, personal um, uh, personal resources. But that's kind of what I want to close this off um, with the message that wherever you end up, you can definitely change the circumstance that you're at, that you're in. And don't be afraid to ask for help because honestly, with that help, you can go far. Yeah, like going off of that, like I feel like a lot of people think where they are now is like they messed up so bad, like you can't come back from it. Um, and it's just like that's not your ending because like we're extremely young, like we're, we're like 18, 19, 20, 21, like we're in college still. And this is just like the beginning of our lives. So it's just like to stop now when you've already come so far. Um, this is not your end. Keep going. Look for those resources. And just because everything didn't pan out the way it, you would liked it to um dwelling on that's not going to really change it so the only thing you can really do is move forward um and moving forward having peace with what already happened so that you don't always like beat up on yourself about what has happened in the past and with that i'd like to conclude the end of this episode um if you guys want to learn more about the resources that are available to you on your campus uh, feel free to send me a message on uh, the forum that uh, this podcast will be posted on and we can help to see if there are any resources available for you on your campus or if you need a fresh perspective on how to utilize those resources um, specifically and effectively to their fullest. Heck, maybe we can even offer you some advice on uh, things you can do on your own if you don't have the time um, or if you feel like you can't really go to anyone who better than a random person who's gone through the experience. Right? <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, this has been episode number four, concluding. Have a great night, y'all. Peace.